to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, you can call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at swatradio.com. Well, we are joined once again in the studio by Brad Sykes. He is in today. Uh, Doug will be back tomorrow, but today Brad is in uh, the last of his three days in here, and of course we'll have him back in soon enough. But glad you're in today, Brad. I was going to say we, we ought to make a habit of this. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm liking this, man. <laughs> um, enjoyed yesterday a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think we, and as we t- often talk about, is we have great conversation before and after. Yeah, you know, and a lot of times it's it's actually what we're studying, mm-hmm. what we're looking at. So. Hope you've uh, you've tuned in. Hope you have uh, maybe have a copy of the scriptures, as we are going to be back in Acts chapter nine again today. Yeah, you know, I wanted to ask you a little bit about that article you sent, though, real quick. Which one? Um, the one I sent you this morning? Yeah, the Atlantic article. Because yes. I, I think that there's some. Uh, if you don't know, is uh, the title of it? Let me pull it up here. Was you're going to make me pull it up too? No, no, I'll, <laughs> I'll beat you. I'll beat you to it. It, it was. Oh man. Uh, the evangelical church is breaking apart. And, you know, as we said uh, off the air, like the guy's perspective might not have been the same one that we would have, but we can kind of agree on um, the headline there, that there seems to be an issue in the church, particularly in the evangelical church, and there's uh, bonds that are being frayed. Um, so I wanted to touch on that a little bit and just kind of pick your brain about, yeah, you know, what you're thinking yep. about that and everything. Well, so, what do you got? What, yeah. What, anything in particular within that article? There's a lot in there. Well, yeah. Uh, I, you know, and for me, kind of, I, I, I said this uh, going through, I, I didn't uh, I didn't agree with where he was coming from as far as where he thought the problem was um, um, per se. But I did agree that, you know, there is an issue and that um, politics is playing a part in it. And I think that the reason isn't necessarily that the church has gone into politics too much is that politics uh, culturally at large has been in, injected into every single well, aspect shape, of life. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely shaping the church and it shouldn't be mm-hmm. that way. The ch- yeah. church ought to be shaping the culture. Yeah. And, 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 and Doug has taught about it, you know, at length about how we have allowed, and, and we touched on it yesterday. You look at our culture today and, you know, if you'd been out of town or, or out of the off the planet for the last twenty years, and you showed back up today, mm-hmm. you would go, "What? Yeah. <laughs> How did we get here?" And I think that's a that's a real question. How do you get where we are today? How did we get here? And we got here because we took our eye off of uh, the the mission to make disciples, um, and a lot of what I, you know. There's a lot I didn't like about that article. There's some that I, I was I agreed with in the sense that depending on where you are, uh, and this could be theologically, it could be culturally, uh, is you're going to, uh, I guess it's the algorithms that are within mm. the digital platforms that exist today, but whether it be social media or Twitter or Facebook, 
I mean, all those things know they know what Taylor likes. They know what Taylor reads, and as a result, those algorithms keep feeding you what you want. Maybe not what you want to read, but what you've been reading. Mm-hmm. They they just continue to support that uh, mindset or that uh, that information, and so as a result, that shapes your mind. And then you, the more you get of that kind of stuff, the more it reaffirms what you believe. Now. I think for the most part, you and I probably would agree on 99% of what, you know, whether it's the, theology or politics, culture, arts, all that. Um, but it's all a matter of what you read. And you know, maybe that's a good reason to get off of some of these platforms. Yeah. Get a hard copy book and read. You and I have been talking about it over the la- over the weekend and over the last couple of days about when was the last time you read something from a dead person? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be uh, brutal um, <laughs> or morbid. Just when was the last time you read something from somebody who maybe a C.S. Lewis or a Charles Spurgeon or a Martin Lloyd-Jones or an R.C. Sproul? We just go down a list. Uh, there are a number of great writers, preachers, ministry leaders who've written great stuff that most people in the church aren't reading today. Yeah, well, most people in general aren't reading at all. And then you add, you know, from a dead person, that's many people are not doing that, that's for sure. And uh, that has a way of shaping, obviously, the way that you think. The more widely you are read, um, you know, the more deeply you can talk about certain issues. Um, So, yeah, I think that's something, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, social media having silos that they put you in as far as, um, what you're reading and getting similar stuff. And it's it's important to go out and break that consciously, make an effort to read uh, things that you don't agree with. And one, it sharpens your mind, but also there you, you should assume that, you know, there's a perspective maybe that you haven't looked at. Um, now, that doesn't mean you abandon orthodoxy or anything like that, um, because, you know, when you're sure of your faith, you shouldn't be afraid of, uh, the questions are looking at the other side, um, and I, I just think it deepens you. At well, a Paul different says, level. you know, be ready yeah. to give an account for the hope that's within you. Unfortunately, most people aren't prepared to give an account. They only believe what they believe because somebody else told them to believe it. You yeah, get my point. Mm-hmm. So even and that that's that goes across across culture. Yeah, you know. From politics to what you like in movies and sports and music, and mm-hmm. just it goes on and on and on. And um, you know, you and I were talking just before we came on the air. I stress the importance of getting face to face with people yeah. while we can. Listen, while we can meet face to face, we ought to be doing that because I think there we. Let me tell you, I, I used to be in the restaurant business. I, I've, I've owned a number of different types of businesses. Mm. And uh, when I was in the restaurant business, you train yourself to walk into a restaurant and immediately you're looking for what's wrong. Hmm. It's interesting. Now, the the danger I had is I brought that home, too. Mm -hmm. And that's not a good practice as a husband and as a father to immediately walk in your home and all of a sudden your antennas are up on what's wrong. Okay. Yeah. So I've had to ask forgiveness of my wife years ago and my children because <laughs> I did that. But when I would walk into a restaurant, immediately I would start to see what was wrong because I knew you as the customer 
might come in and see what I see. Or you might see something I didn't see. Right. So I had to kind of train us. We're that way. And I think it's okay to be a critical thinker. But but oftentimes we may see something that we don't agree with, and then we just fold the book up and just dismiss all of it. We can't dismiss all of it. Right. I, I think sometimes people have good good points. Yeah, and, you know, I think that um – there, there's a number of things you got to realize who you're talking to. Uh, let's just take, you know, it was mentioned in the article CRT. We mm-hmm. talked about it before. Yeah. Um, there's people who are completely sold out to that, mm-hmm. and, and to a point where they're using the gospel as a veneer to push, you know, um, an ideological <laughs> bend that's is an, antithetical to the scripture. But there are also people who see um, areas of hurt that have happened and, and things that are going on in our culture at large, and say, "Well, I want to address that." And so they kind of buy into this without realizing that, first off, the Scripture is already sufficient for all of that. That's right. And that what they're seeing may be some good points that are made and not realizing, well, the the application of those points is, is not good or that the whole thing that's undergirding it all is not good. And so when you talk into both those people, you got to talk to those two people completely differently and you got to be able to understand who you're talking to because if you think it's somebody who's – you know, a sold out ideologue and you just go rip into them, they're going to, they're just going to flee further in. You know, you're not going to win them at all. And I would say you probably shouldn't talk to a complete ideologue like that either. But you, so you got to, that's a difficult game to play. That's a, that's difficult to parse out. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that we haven't put uh, too much thought into as the church as a whole, no matter what side uh, you're on. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, and I think oftentimes um, people in the church uh, take Scripture out of context mm-hmm. and they apply it to what they want it to apply to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I can take certain verses and I can make them say what I want them to say. And yeah. I think he, he even dealt with that some in that article. Uh, and I think that uh, one of the quotes here says, a small group of people inside and outside the church coordinated a divisive effort to use disinformation in order to persuade others to vote those men down. It was talking about these elders uh, and right in the very beginning. And this, uh, they're speaking about uh, uh, McLean Bible Church where David Platt is the pastor. Yeah, and now, see, I've kind of been seeing a, a number of things through that just because of some of the spaces that I follow. And so I felt like that was a mischaracterization of what went on um, and, and kind of disingenuous and – uh, not a good look, but to the point that he's trying to to make there. If that and if that's really how he sees it, you can see that there's an issue there. I don't think that was quite necessarily what was going on. There's a lot of issues going on in that church, but um, you know, to the point that you're, I think that you're going to is that. Um, now I lost my train of thought. I'll let you. <laughs> well, one of the things. I mean, this article, and I don't agree with a lot of this article. There's some of what some of it I agree with, but. One of the things it says, Platt, who is theologically theologically conservative. Well, who's defining yeah, that? Yeah. You know, I don't know that I would define him as theologically conservative. Yeah, I mean, I think he's doctrinally pretty sound, mm-hmm. but you know what he's talking about today—that's it's just hard to believe. 
Yeah, and, and just throwing that in there uh, as it, it plays into the divide anyway, well, the, right. the way that it's said. And the guy who wrote this may view him as theologically conservative. <laughs> you right. and I probably would not. Yeah, exactly. All right, we are up against the break, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Red Letters by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 9, verses 32 through 43 this week. In the first segment, we talked a little bit about this article um, in The Atlantic. I think it came out two days ago, um, talking about the church and some of the issues uh, that the church is having. And, you know, it was really interesting to see from really kind of the opposite side of the perspective of maybe where we're at, but we can all agree on the problem. Um, but, you know, it's, it seems to be a little bit of a breakdown in the unity of the body as to the cause and, and what to do about it and really what it means to come back to Christ, uh, you know, because they talked about that at the end. And I think, you know, it was pretty interesting uh, and revealing article to read if you'd like to take a look at it. It's called The Evangelical Church is Breaking Apart, and it was in The Atlantic, free to read, by the way. You know, when I uh, when I go to that article on my computer, which I'm doing right now, um, the tab on my computer, this is what the, the tab says. And, and <clears throat> I think it's very interesting, and I think it'd be a neat conversation to see how uh, media is so important. I, I don't want to say they're important, but they're incredibly influential in how they uh, – Get us to look at certain stuff. We were talking about the fact that it says right wing. You know, mm. What is the language? I mentioned this yesterday that my wife is uh, leading a study on a book that she found called uh, Mama Bear Apologetics. It's basically the language that is out there today in different words. And as I was reading that article, words that kind of pop off the page, right wing. You know, conservative. When, yeah, yeah. Conser- I mean – 
these are these are words, these are phrases that are used in in media today to cause us to kind of straighten up a little bit, like perk up. So anyway, just uh, just another little interesting tidbit here. As I look at this article at the top, you know how you can have multiple pages open mm-hmm. on your computer. So I've got uh, I've got six I got five tabs open. It's open to the Atlantic. That article. You know what the tab says? Trump is tearing apart the evangelical church. <laughs> wow. Trump is tearing apart the evangelical church. Well, I mean, so there's a message here. Oh, yeah. The media is telling you a message, and you're either going to agree with it or you're going to take it here and you're going to sift it through. What does God say? Because Trump isn't tearing apart the evangelical church. In my personal opinion, I don't believe Trump is fully regenerate yeah uh that means i don't believe he's saved now yeah. i'm not i'm not judge mm-hmm. uh i don't see the fruit that you would typically see in a believer i'm not one to judge i'm just saying how is he tearing apart the evangelical church yeah and you know that too i feel like that that breaks down the conversation so instead of it us does. being able to come into unity it is like oh well, it's because of Trump. These certain people went with Trump and, you know, he broke with norms and, and not really taking into account, okay, why did people vote for Trump, for one, but then also saying, well, it's just fear of change. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I think that's disingenuous to say that. That would be like, um, you know, us saying that, oh, you know what, it's just they're all communists. <laughs> well, no, that that's not what's going on there. And, and to just kind of brush it off that way is to really write to one side, I, w- I guess I would say. Um, and not really look to reconcile. Um, and, you know, there's a number of things in that article that I would not have been as weary of, mm-hmm. or leery of if I hadn't started looking at clips of kind of what people have, have been saying. And um, I, I think I said it in the last segment that woke preacher clips it was just showing clips of different preachers saying things that are, oh, that's a little questionable. What do they mean by that? And because of that, I was reading this, um, reading the article kind of like wait i know who that is and i know what they've said about this wait why are you know what's going on here um and just kind of was interesting from my perspective to see oh it seems like they're trying to paint a particular narrative that's not really going leading to any sort of reconciliation reconcili- reconciliation man reconciliation you got it, buddy. man on, there I'm we go there for you. <laughs> i tell you that red light it just <laughs> scares you hey one of the other and i i don't want to keep beating this drum but there's a good article on the Daily Wire. I want to encourage our listeners to go read by Megan Basham. Uh, you can go to dailywire.com by Megan Basham. Uh, uh, it's an exclusive. It says, "Never, neither vaccinated nor unvaccinated. How churches imposing vaccine mandates are dividing Christians with a different gospel. Great read. I, I want to encourage our readers, go, go read it. Uh, because it'll help you understand kind of the the narrative of what's what what how other people are seeing this. Yeah, and you know she's she had a great quote in there um, that this isn't about safety so much as it is about Christians deeply embedded in the higher ranks of secular culture burdening their fellow believers with man-made structures for Christian fellowship, which I thought was a oh, great yeah. um, summation of kind of where we're at. And you know, in the very beginning, she talked about Timothy Keller's church. Um, putting out kind of a uh, a uh, kind of the the rules that they're going to adhere to, which is that vaccinated people 
will be able to sit up front and that unvaccinated people will be able to sit up in uh, the balcony only, you know, kind of should only be up in the balcony. And, you know, that got me thinking, um, you know, if you are, because there's something to be said, right? If you're a pastor and you've got, you know, a ton of people who have a bunch of different views on, you know, vaccination and stuff like that, obviously I think you should seek for the truth in the matter and, and, and speak to that. But that doesn't mean that there's still going to be people who, you know, maybe are a little more timid. What is the best thing to do? I don't think that, uh, creating two, you know, segregating your church is really the answer. No, um, that, that's like, uh, you know, um, I don't know how many, I think there's, I was doing some research in light of what you and I are going to be sharing in a couple of weeks on CRT mm-hmm. was how many colleges now have, uh, mm. black african-american dorms oh yeah uh, african-american graduation ceremonies okay i thought we were trying to get away from that and uh, you know it's just that's very troubling when you hear this kind of stuff we're not going in the right direction here people mm-hmm. this was an interesting and I, it's kind of will feed into what we're talking about even today this was part of that article it says few few pastors bring as much depth of understanding to the vaccine mandate issue as Kirk Milhone, who, along with shepherding a church in Maui, not a bad place to pastor, <laughs> also happens to be a pediatric cardiologist oh, wow. and was a medical missionary to Liberia during the most widespread Ebola outbreak in history. Hmm. He tells me that given that the vaxxed are nearly as infectious as the unvaxxed once they contract covid it's nonsensical to claim the first group is putting the second at risk. The only people who are really safe to be around, he says, are those who have recovered from COVID. It says they're they're the only one they're the only ones who have who have very good, very durable immunity, he explains, and that has been shown over in eighty four studies. He goes on, he says, based on this, Milhone believes this. Love your neighbor. Milhone believes this love your neighbor messaging to push mandate stems not from a theological or scientific rationale, but a social one. He says, I'm afraid the church is just mirroring our society right now as opposed to being led by Jesus Christ. We're afraid of Facebook posts. We have become pleasers of the world as opposed to pleasers of God. Mm. He says the driving force of this failure what, what is the driving force of this failure? It's shame. It's shame. Mm. So much so that it goes on in the article to say, if if somebody found out you got COVID, they're going to ask you, did you get it? Did, have you been going to church? Mm. <laughs> they asked that to a nurse who is working in the COVID oh, area wow. of, of um, excuse me, of a nurse who's working in the COVID uh, area in the hospital he ended up getting COVID. And you know what they asked him? Did you get it at church? And he working with COVID patients? <laughs> exactly. So it's all about shame. And and we're not being led. I think my biggest point, I know yours is, I know Doug's is, is that you know one of the key elements of SWAT is God's word. It's not what you read on Facebook. It's not what we read in the Atlantic. It's, it's, it's God's word. And if we're not filling our mind and our mind is not being renewed by what God says, man, we're, we're a little out of whack. And we need to recalibrate what we're doing and what we're reading. And that will, that will shape how we think. 
what we believe and how we act. Yeah, and you know, kind of going back to the churches, um, it it would you know with the Timothy Keller thing, um, if it had been, hey, there's people who are you know immunocompromised or they're a little afraid, so we're going to set up this little area over here for them to sit, but everything else is open to everybody. Um, but just respect those people who maybe have a little bit of fear. And so we got this little space set up for them. I think that's completely different than saying the unvaccinated sit upstairs, the vaccinated sit downstairs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it allows for, okay, there are people that is loving your neighbor because there are people who you know have issues that maybe have, we haven't considered. Um, but it's not looking to divide the church in any way. It's saying, hey, this is how we're going to show love to people who still want to be exactly. in fellowship. Exactly. But That's why, what the church is here for. And, and why is that not what is happening? And that, that to me, you know, just the, the whole, since the start of COVID, it's been just really discouraging for me personally just to see how the church is, has responded and kind of the division, not just on COVID, but also, you know, like we talked about before on this, the CRT and, and woke type uh, stuff, uh, gender uh, identity politics stuff like that and it's just like man what 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 happened where you know it, it's just it's been it's been tough to oh, see that yeah and it's very discouraging and i know that we can kind of spiral down depending on how much you're reading and what you're mm-hmm. reading and that's why you know i always stress man we've got to be in the word we have to know the word we have to abide in the word we have to obey the word yeah and uh, and and then we got to share it, which we are going to share the word today. So um, I know we're running out of time. One of the things that said here, this is a good good point here. It says, and when those people come to the church doors in search of balm for their bruised and battered souls, should the pastor's response be to them, "Show me your papers"? Oh man, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's just. Think about Jesus, who he ministered to, the lepers. Yeah, we have lost the plot if that is the case. We've just completely lost what the church is there for, what it stands for. Um, But anyway, we are up against the news break, so we'll be back with more after the news. I'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of our local listeners, 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening on uh, online, excuse me, wherever you are in the country or around the world. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. SWAT Radio. That was David Crowder with All My Hope. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 9, verses 32 through 43 this week. Uh, we have been talking about a few big articles, really um, talking about the church that were in kind of mainstream-ish uh, news. 
Um, one was uh, the evangelical churches breaking park in the Atlantic, and the other is neither vaccinated nor unvaccinated, how Christians imposing vaccine mandates are dividing Christian uh, cut-off churches, I think it was, in the Daily Wire. Um, so if you would like to listen to what we have talked about, if you missed any of that, or you would like to go back and listen to any of our past programs, you can go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Click on our past programs link. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including this one, in about an hour or so. Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks to James for getting that uploaded. And, uh, yeah, Doug will be back tomorrow to fill, to, to jump back in. I'm going to miss you. Uh, but, yeah, look forward to coming back to you know, one of the things we talked about is it is vital that we are allowing God's word to shape our thinking, mm-hmm. to shape our mind. We're to renew our mind. And Romans, uh, Paul says in in chapter 16, he says, watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. He says, avoid them. That, just to kind of put some closure to this particular uh, article um, Phil Johnson, who's been uh, a guest here on SWAT, he's the pastor, executive director of Grace to You, John MacArthur's church. Uh, he's probably one of the most popular sermon broadcast ministries in the world. He said this uh, about vaccine mandates. When a congregation gathers to offer their collective praise, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus, Galatians 3.28. He says, any policy, any policy that creates a class of untouchables and imposes physical segregation has deliberately erected a, has deliberately erected a middle wall of separation in the church. It's hard to imagine anything more inappropriate or more at odds with the biblical principles of church unity and fellowship. He later adds, he says, that some apparent notion of Love has consigned countless elderly people to virtual seclusion, Mm. and it has left multiple thousands of terminally ill people to die in isolation, cut off from loved ones. That is not at all how Scripture says authentic love works. Yeah. So anyway, um, James certainly deals with that. He says religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this— to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. People are hurting today, and we're, we're not allowing them, and I'm going to say we, churches are not allowing these people to come into the, to the church building unless they can show their papers. Yeah, and that is something that you know, historically has just not been um, in the church's purview. You know, I think of Martin Luther, there was a time when uh, the bubonic plague was hitting that area, um, and obviously that's more lethal than COVID if you don't know, like it's yes. a big deal, especially at the time. And he said that a pastor, a minister should not leave unless he finds someone else to take over his duties. Like you stay there because mm-hmm. you are there for those who are sick and inflicted. And, and that's what a good shepherd does. Right? right. And, you know, kind of going into the text, that's what we see uh, Peter doing here. And we talked about it, um, in the in uh, yeah, yesterday, not in the first segment. Sorry, we talked about it yesterday. Kind of getting into the text, and there's two um, different uh, miracles that happen here, and both of them are you know very intimate, but also uh, Peter reaching out to those who are in need. One of them who's dead, so you know big time, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and so that in the same way, that is how we now should be acting uh, on a 
on a level, right? Not turning people away, but there for those, uh, comforting those who are afflicted. Um, it's just, it's a shame that that's where we're at. But um, in the text, I was the one who um, Doug asked to go over it uh, in the SWAT meetings. And I went in, into it a little bit different, I think, than how Doug does. Again, this is Acts 9 uh, verses 32 through 43. I had kind of three different read-throughs um, through it the first time, going through just kind of the text and highlighting some stuff that might not be so obvious. And the second time was talking about um, kind of what this might have meant for Peter, um, some things to to think about there. And then the third one was the application for us. And, and we got a little bit into the first one of – no, we, we did. We talked about the first application for us, which was to be active, not passive. We should be active about – um, the mission that we are on. I'm going to read through the rest of those. Yeah. Um, number two, be ambassadors, not emperors. We rep Christ, not ourselves. Three, be approachable, not abrasive. Um, be uh, humble with your authority. Uh, four, be assured, not doubting. Respond to God's prompting with boldness. And five, be authenticated, not exposed. Actions lead other, Our actions should lead others to recognize we serve Jesus. And that's what we see uh, Peter doing uh, in this passage. Those are the five principles that we can take away uh, for ourselves. Um, we, we really covered the healing of Aeneas pretty well. Um, in the first one, I just want to talk a little bit about some of what we see in, um, in the second story of, of Tabitha. And, you know, the first is, um, now I'll, I'll read through 36 mm-hmm. through 43. Now there was in Joppa, a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in the upper room. Since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the windows... Man, I did that twice in the swap meetings. All the widows stood beside him weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. And we talked about yesterday, Joppa is modern-day Joppa, and it's about 14 miles away from Lida. So it would be about a day's walk for him. Um, I just wanted to note that uh, the reason possibly why there are uh, believers in Joppa is because of something that we've looked at already in back in Acts chapter eight verses forty. Um, but Philip, but Philip found himself at Azotos, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Um, uh, Azotos is on the coast uh, south of Joppa, and Caesarea is on the coast way up north. North, yeah. So <laughs> it's is very likely. We don't know that this text is not uh, particular in that but that maybe he was the one who planted a church there um, or at least found other believers in the area. So I think that's something that was interesting uh, to bring out. But uh, when you look at this um, story, it really mirrors another story pretty well, and that's the story of Jesus with uh, Jairus' daughter in Luke chapter 8, verses 49 through 46. I'm going to turn there and read it um, really quickly. Let me get there. All right. Where where am I at? Okay. Yeah, 840. Yep, yep, yep. Um, So starting in uh, 51, 
And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John. Well, first off, right there, that's Peter was there for this one, so we should remember that when we are going to go and relook at this story and the similarities there. Uh, except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child, and all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once. And he directed that someone should bring, be giving her uh, food to eat. Um, what's really interesting there is obviously how much those two stories parallel. In Jesus' story, he put everyone out except for Peter, John, and James, and the girl's father. Um, Peter obviously puts everyone out except for him and Tabitha, the body. Um, but what Jesus tells um, the girl is Talitha kum in, in the... Um, in the Aramaic, it would be little girl rise would be Talitha kum or quam. Um, and what Peter said is Tabitha quam or kum, right? So only one letter difference, very similar in, 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 the, in what is said. And what it made me think of is there's another story of um, two uh, miracles like this in the Old Testament with Elijah and Elisha and the way that both those happened as far as the, the young boy being brought back to life. They were done in a similar fashion and you know as it was always taught to me is that's symbolizing that the same spirit that was in elijah is in elisha and mm-hmm. so so we see here and even with aeneas is that the way peter did what he did and 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 uh the way that it's wrote down for us and we can see the parallels it's, it's showing that peter has the same spirit um that was in christ obviously which is the holy spirit um so pretty interesting to bring out there didn't get to get into it yesterday, um, but just wanted to t- touch on that real quick. And then also, where it says um, kind of what's next for Peter here. Um, Doug's going to get into it next week, but we're going to see a big, a pivotal moment for the church, which is the Gentiles receiving uh, the Spirit and, and the good news. And so, I think there's a few ways in which Peter is being prepared for um, this. Uh, this vision that he's about to get one is obviously just moving from Jerusalem to Joppa. That's a 42 mile move. And it's not really wouldn't have been maybe common for him to make that walk. But I think there's even bigger is that his heart's being prepared in a few ways. Um, At least if not, you know, maybe for him, at least for the reader, as we read through it, there's some things that are getting us ready for that. The first thing was we go back to Aeneas. Um, Just the fact that Aeneas by his name that's a, a would be a Greek name or a Roman name. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was. Uh, a, 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 he, I think he was Jewish at least partially. You know, at least a half Jewish, um, and had a Jewish birth, but or that his parents gave him a Roman name. But just the fact that he has uh, a name there that is going to give, um, you know, get Peter's mind working that way. Also, um, if you go to uh, Tabitha, the way that she was raised um, from the dead. And, and, and compare that to Jairus's daughter, there's a big difference was Peter uh, didn't touch Tabitha till after um, she was raised from the dead. Right. Jesus touched the daughter before, mm-hmm. which if you're a good Jew, you know you do not touch yeah. a dead body. So that would be in his mind about clean and unclean. And then the last thing is he stayed with a tanner, which uh, that would be kind of like a semi. Same thing. Yeah. Tanners yeah. uh, work with dead dead bodies or dead uh, dead dead animals so. yeah yeah exactly and so i think that in this way we're also seeing in the text that peter is getting prepared um you know spiritually but also physically being moved and um so that's 
when I wanted to hit, and now we're going to jump in to more of the application here yep. after the break, so make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more in just a second. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 9, verses 32 through 43 this week. Um, Doug is out until tomorrow, so Brad has been in uh, today, and he was in yesterday as well. If you have any questions about what we've gone over so far in the text, or you or really anything, but, but you know, in the text in particular, or you would like to join the discussion, nice. Please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. Again, that's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at swatradio.com. And, you know, it's interesting kind of looking through the text. Me and Doug were were talking about it. Um, it, It's interesting that Peter, as far as we know, is alone um, in this, throughout this, uh, Mm -hmm. this text here. And, you know, the reason we kind of started talking about that is because you know, we're pulling out that the, the disciples sent two by two. And yeah. Doug has talked about how that's a a, um, you know, a sign that, you know, that you, you can't give fault or you can't give witness about something unless there's at least two witnesses. And so why is Peter alone? Because what we're seeing, what this is going to go into next week is that um, there's the healing of a cripple, the, the, the raising of, of the dead. But um, that really what Luke might be trying to point a picture to is that. The, the giving of the spirit is is better than all and the, yep, than the all three of the spirit yes absolutely um which he's going to get into more so but just um you know why he was alone uh just it was tough i didn't really have a, quite a great answer hmm. Hmm. uh to that but i don't know what are your well, thoughts well you, you look at this and it begins now as peter went here and there it doesn't talk about anybody mm-hmm. else and I, I don't like to add to what i see yeah uh, i think it's okay in some cases, to kind of read between the lines, I, you know, who knows? Um, all I know is, you know, Peter, and this goes to, you know, the main point that as as God's kingdom priest, he calls us to personally be 
active, not passive. And that's what you see right off the bat. Just the just the application as we read through the scriptures, the things that stand out is Peter was moving around. He he was on the move. He was here and there, it says, among them all. And, uh, you know, I think oftentimes you and I mentioned this uh, outside yesterday as we walked out in the parking lot that I can I am a person who kind of tends to be I need to have it all together before I jump, you know, before I jump out there. Now, we, we even see in Paul's conversion, he immediately gets discipled. I mean, he he goes through a time where he's he's trained. You know, and I think that's very important. Uh, I'm always a little hesitant when I hear about a pastor who hasn't been to seminary. Mm. I'm not saying you have to go to seminary. Doug and I certainly know people who haven't been to seminaries and they're pastoring. But there's been a, a level of training. So this this idea that, Peter, you know, we don't have to have everything together. We don't have to be, you know, have a Ph.D. and, you know, in uh, Old Testament <laughs> Uh, we do need to be faithful, faithfully active. It's very easy in our time, and I mentioned this yesterday, that when we have great communicators and podcasts and great preachers and we can get we can listen to all this stuff, is to think we don't have to do anything. Well, that's wrong. That's unbiblical. And we are to be active because, I mean, we know, uh, was it 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, so therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So we are his ambassadors, and if we're going to be his ambassadors, we better get active. We better get busy. Uh, the message I heard on Sunday at church was was very much about the fact that as as we hear a message, we're to go share that message. Yeah, You know, it, it, if you're listening to us right now and you were in church on Sunday— do you remember what was taught? Do you remember it so well that you could go tell somebody else about it? I use the analogy of going to a good restaurant. You know, you go to Ruth Chris or you mm-hmm. go to your favorite restaurant and you have a great steak. <laughs> You're telling everyone, yeah. everybody about that. You know, as we look at God's word, is it getting into us for the purpose of getting out of us? You know, and uh, so I think that element is key uh, we're to be active. We're to be ambassadors, not emperors. I know Doug's going to kind of, or is no Doug's going to talk about being approachable and available. But I mean, that's what you do see in in uh, Peter. He's active, and he sees himself as an ambassador. He's not an emperor. You know, it's it's yeah. not about his message. It's about the gospel message. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. You know, you're t- when we were talking yesterday about you know kind of kind of see like the whole plan. Um, and you know, I was saying. Like to me, I know that if I had been in Peter's situation, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in that situation, but it would have been like, oh, feel a prompting to say, Tabitha, arise. Like, okay, well, God, how exactly? Um, what are the mechanics by which you're going to do this? You know what I mean? And 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 by that, like that, you got to be active when you feel the prompting of the Lord. And I think when we were talking about a little, little bit about um, about prayer and people um, keep praying for God to give an answer when He's already spoken you know uh, so to speak um and that's what i was trying to get to in that that you know and that's there you know you got to move um and continually pray as you move obviously but don't use that as an excuse well there's a level of humility that comes when you are put in a position usually people pray their prayer life is 
in direct correlation with their mm-hmm. their dependence on God. You get in situations where you know you don't have it in you to be able to fulfill what what needs to be done. Peter, here he is. I think what's interesting is, you know, what happens in um, in with Aeneas. So how do you how do you pronounce Aeneas? Yeah. Aeneas, that's kind of how I did with the you know paralytic, and that word had to have gotten out. I mean, what was Peter being active and doing the work mm. of the ministry? Word got out fourteen miles up the road that when Tabitha dies. Who do they reach out to? They reach out to the guy who's busy, the guy who's active. And so oftentimes people are wondering, you know, you ask most people in the church, hey, where are you serving? Mm. Most people aren't serving. Yeah, They are not serving. And they're very passive. They're filling a pew. They're listening to a good message or a podcast or whatever, but they're not active. They're not serving. Peter is serving, and as a result, the people in Joppa had heard about this so much so that they were like, "Hey, we've heard Peter's in you know around the area. Let's let's send some guys down there to get him, yeah, and bring him up here." And uh, and you know it's interesting too. Just um, getting into point number two, be ambassadors, not emperors. We rep Christ, uh, not ourselves. Obviously, the 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 believers there knew who Peter was and kind of knew what he was about. But it, it, it does say, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him and were turned, and they turned to the Lord, right? And and the same thing, um, and it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And then even Peter, by his own testimony, his own words, he says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. So from, yeah. from the from the jump, he is clearly uh, showing that, you know, he's a representative of Christ, and it's Christ that does um, any good work. Um, and then also because of that, the fruit was that people turned to the Lord. They That's didn't right. turn to Peter or That's right. say, oh, man, this guy's so great. They recognized the work of Christ. And in the same way, that's that's how we have to be because I think there's a tendency to, you know, get puffed up uh, kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I did something uh, real nice or I, I was real eloquent, uh, elegant here. And, uh, well, no, it's, it's Christ within you that does any good work. Um, and so instead of having that focus on, on us, um, it, it, the focus should be on Christ and looking for ways to um, bring his message and bring his lordship uh, for other people to accept. I think it's interesting in this text that as you look at it, it, it says uh, a disciple named Tabitha, hmm. which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill. Anyway, and, I, and and then it goes on, and it says that the widows uh, stood beside him weeping and showing tunics of other garments that Dorcas had made. Well, you know, here's, an, here's another uh, uh, manifestation yep. of God working through Tabitha that she was doing good works. Yeah, and, you know, they tell you that in verse 36, and then in, in uh, verse 38, I think it is, no, yeah. Verse 39, mm-hmm. it's shown by the actions of the widows, right? And, um, yeah, that's something that we talked a little, a little bit about on, on uh, in the SWAT meetings. But, yeah, that is so impactful. That's another way that someone is being an ambassador for Christ. Um, and it says right there, full of good works and acts of charity um, to the point that when she's gone, people are weeping for her and, and thinking even then to go send out 
um, for Peter because obviously this is a at this time a smaller church community, right? Mm-hmm. So she was very integral, impactful uh, in the area. So it, it, the the blow was felt. Um, uh, but I, again, the, the point is there that her works, what she, how she acted, proved herself to be an ambassador, yeah. you know, to Christ. Well, and if we are God's ambassadors, if we are His priests, we have a ministry, mm-hmm. and that ministry should be having an impact. So much so that when people experience hardship, who do they call? Who do they call? If you're not getting calls. Mm-hmm. And it's not about putting on a performance. Mm -hmm. It's about being willing, being available, and understanding that God has, has, you're his child. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I mentioned this yesterday. A people of God's own possession. We're his. We're to to be used by him, and we're, we're to allow his word to get in us and then through us so that we can minister to others. We've got to be active, and as we're active, Others are going to see that. They're going to experience God's work through you. And as a result, there's going to be other opportunities for ministry. I kind of mentioned this yesterday, that in in the very beginning, it says that Peter found a man named Aeneas. He was looking. And again, it could be like finding that $20 bill on the floor. It also could be, I'm on mission today. And if you're on mission today then you're aware of the people that are around you who need to be ministered the gospel to. Yeah, and you, you mentioned there about being approachable. Make sure you tune in tomorrow because we are going to pick up there with number three, be approachable. Um, but that is all the time we have for today. You have been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirituality.